You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Tonight, I want us to continue um, in our look at those letters that Jesus has written to the churches, okay? And tonight, we're going to, I think this is the fourth one. Yeah, I think tonight we're going to look at the another one. It's interesting when you... Am I sounding okay? Yeah? It's interesting when you um, look at the letters, there are a number of things that are common to, to them, right? Um, I like how Jesus introduces himself um, in all of the letters. Um, introduces himself in all of his letters. He introduces himself in different ways. And I think that... Um, if you if you are interested in just you know looking for his names, you if you go through the letters in different churches, you would find different things that he writes. It's interesting that in all the letters he um, he he would end all the letters by um, saying to the churches, "Look, he the church or he who overcomes." And so there's that concept about the church being in a place where they're. You are expected to overcome. And then there's a reward that he would mention a different. So if you are interested in doing extra Bible study, just you don't want to play the keyboard. His, 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 okay, all right, it's fine. Um, all right, there's a song. That, so, and then, then there are songs in, in Revelation. So some of them, so that like you would hear John write and say, look, um, I hear the angels say this. Right? So if you want to know what is on the playlist of heaven, if you read through the book of Revelations, you would find things that they are saying or singing in heaven. For example, if you, if you read Revelations 4 and verse 11, you would find there uh, from verse 10. So Revelations 4 uh, and verse 10. Do we have it up? Revelations 4 and verse 10. And it says, The four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that lives forever and ever and cast their throne, their crowns before the throne saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created. I don't know if anybody knows. You've heard this before, right? You thought it was Falabi that wrote it. <laughs> Who knows how to sing it? Anybody? Who knows how to sing it? Sing it, sing it, sing it. Sing it, where you are. <laughs> Everybody's singing different verses. There's a reggae version, there's a rap. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are, and were created. I used to sing that, and, and they are, and well created, but now I'm, you know, I'm like, oh, this is, but when you sing these things, you then, sometimes you don't know it, but it's, you possibly are singing exactly what they're singing in heaven. And, um, and if, as you read through the book of Revelations, there are all sorts of beautiful songs 
um, and all sorts of beautiful things that are there. Okay. Okay, so tonight we are going to look at the church in Thyatira. I think it's from Revelations 2 and 18. I will read out the text. I'm going to ask someone to just kind of, you know, help out like AJ did last week. Okay, so I'm going to read from Revelations 2, 18. It says, And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, This thing saith the Son of God, who has his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy works and charity and service and faith and thy patience and thy works and the last to be more than the first. He says, Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel which calls herself a prophetess to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. Verse 21, and I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. 23 is a bit sharp. It says, and I will kill her children with death. And all the churches shall know that I am he which searches the reins and hearts, and I will give unto every one of you according to your works. But unto you I say, and unto the rest in Tatar, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have, not, which have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden, but that which you already hold fast till I, but that which you already have, that which you have, already hold fast till I come verse 26 and he that overcomes and keeps my works until the end to him will I give power over the nations and he shall rule them with a rod of iron as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken in shivers even as I have received of my father and I will give him the morning star he that had an ear let him hear while the Spirit says unto the churches. May God bless the reading of his word. Amen. All right, uh, tonight I'm going to ask um, Esohe, who is one of our ministers here, to uh, to share out of this, and I'll come back and, and uh, complete the message. But let's welcome Esohe. Esohe is someone who's very uh, passionate about ministry, and she's a great teacher. Let's put our hands together and celebrate Esohe as she comes. She got five minutes, yeah? Good evening, church. <laughs> All right, so I just want to share a few things. Um, one of the things that actually amazed me about the church in Teatera is that God says that he sees their love, he sees their work, he sees their faith, their service, and that their works exceeded the first. Let me, let me paint a picture for you. So typically what happens is, for a, typically people, this is the way human beings behave. When you start something, you put in 100% of your effort, start a new job, join a new team, then you get comfortable and start putting 50%, 20%. What he's saying is that this guy started out at 100% and six months down the line, he started doing 200%. So that's remarkable because it meant something was foiling their love, their zeal. So they were coming to church th three times a week, now they were doing four times and they were going for evangelism on top of it. And this is self-driven. But it says, but I have one thing against you. You tolerate this woman called Jezebel. Now Jezebel is just, it's one, not the woman's name. <laughs> it was just supposed to be 
the Bible writes in types and shadows. So there was this Jezebel who was wife of Ahab in the Old Testament, and she was a main, main person. She killed all the um, prophets of God. And so she was a type of Jezebel. She had, she had influence. She had clout. She had people following her. She was someone that you could not talk to because you were afraid of her. So she was tolerated because she had, she was a principality in the church. And then because she was a principality, she drew people to herself. Now, of course, you have leaders in the church and you have members. But God is writing to them as one and saying, nobody spoke up about this matter. It was a small thing that you are allowed to grow. Now you are having your members and your leaders follow her in immorality and all manner of sin. Because nobody copped it, nobody said anything, nobody prayed, nobody watched, nobody did anything. So you are doing what you are serving God. He's speaking to a particular church and that is the power of some of this communication. He's speaking to a particular church. Oh no, he's speaking in John 15 to his disciples and he says to them, you are clean already by the words that I have spoken to you. So when God speaks to you, there's a process of cleansing. So when you read Ephesians chapter 5, when Paul talks about how the church is working, um, Ephesians 5, I think in verse 22 or 26, all the way down to 27, he speaks about something called the washing of water by the word. He says that the, the church is Jesus' bride and that there is something that Jesus is doing in the church. He's doing with you as a Christian. He says it's the washing of water by the word that he would say certain things to you. The Bible would say in the next verses that he may present us, the church, to himself as a glorious bride, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that it might be holy. Holy is a cool word, right? And it is God's aim for us in life, all right? Um, how long will it take for God to bring, and I'm going to go into the letter, but I just want to lay this foundation. How long will it take for God's work in my life to be complete for as long as it needs? He will send us his word. That is one of the reasons why I, I, as I read through these letters, I keep feeling a strong inclination to say over and over again that we cannot be far from scripture as Christians. That our, our participation in scripture, our study of scripture cannot be a hobby. The Bible says man shall not live by bread alone, but by the words that proceed from God's mouth. So I, I'm, I'm challenging you to devote a load, loads of time not to listening to people talk about the Bible, not to just reading books, you must do those things, but to read Scripture. And what is amazing is that the Bible is not just so, you read Scripture, but not just with the aim of getting comfort from it. Because God's word comforts us, right? But more than that, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.16 that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. It says that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto good works, all right? So let me tell the person next to you, tell them, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible. 
Um, as a Christian, rule of thumb, you should read your Bible more than you consult Instagram. Yep, uh, rule of thumb. You, 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 otherwise, you will become what Instagram is talking about. Yeah? Uh, you must consult, you must have more contact with your Bible than you have with Twitter. All right. Otherwise, you will become, the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 3.18, we all with unveiled faces as in a glass, have been transformed, okay, as we look into the glass, have been transformed into the same image, all right? So you look at Instagram long enough, <laughs> yeah, okay. But anyway, let's, let's dive in. So, yes, so he has covered most of it already, that's good, like, i just talk briefly, nothing more than an hour, just relax. He says, I know your works, charity, service, faith. This is a good church. It's a good church. It's a fruitful church. All right? A progressive church. And I hope that you would find space in your walk with God. I don't know where you are. To progress. To do more for God. To love more. To have more faith. To serve more. I want to challenge that person who is in service tonight or who hears this. Who There is no part of your life that reflects service to God. Please, wake up, change your ways, please, serve God, right? I want to challenge that person who, uh, because there is, a, there is a reward for serving God. There is, there is a reward for serving. There's a part of your growth as a child of God that comes as you serve him. And you can serve God in church, you can serve God in your career, you can serve God outside of church, but you must serve God, all right? However, and you know, um, the letters get very, so he, he, I like how he starts. He says, this is who I am in case you doubt. This is what you do well, right? And there's this thing called a sandwich. So you want to give somebody bad, some tough feedback. You say something nice to them. I always like the way you dress to church. All is very sharp. Say, oh, thank you. Then as they're saying that, you don't say, however, or nevertheless, but what you did yesterday was rubbish. Then you end it with, but I think God has a plan for your life. <laughs> you know, it's a sandwich. So he, he does it beautifully here. He says, but I have a few things against, no, no, no. He says, nevertheless, notwithstanding, I have a few things against you. All right? We need to be comfortable with God who sees us as work in progress. A lot of us put on a front for Christians, yeah? Right. Some of you will never admit that you drink alcohol. Never. Meanwhile, both you, the bartender who sold to you yesterday, <laughs> and the people you drank with are all here. <laughs> but you, God forbid that you were alcohol, star. No, 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 I don't. Never. I never tasted it. You don't, I don't even know what it looks like. What is it? Some of you, when I'm talking about, oh, Bonaboy, Bonaboy, who's that? Ha, is that? Ha, never. I mean, what you have is complete albums. We cannot, we cannot, if we take your, oh, Idris, let me focus. But some of you, you cannot take your phone and just say, let's play music and connect it to the church loudspeakers. We can't. We can't do that. We can't risk it. <laughs> Just play your shuffle. Ah, no. <laughs> we can't do it. No, no. <laughs> the service will have to end. Ah, no, we can't. You, you and I know. 
Even pastors here, leaders, we can't try it. But it's okay, you can pretend for church people. We all do it, it's fine. But please do not pretend for God. The Bible says he's the one who is at work in us, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. He's the one who is building you up. Do not pretend for God. Let him walk through you. Let him walk in you. Let him build you up. Nobody, I repeat, loves you as much as God does. And I tell you this for a fact. Anyway, he says to this church in Tartarus, he says, nonetheless, notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, that thou suffers this woman Jezebel, right, um, who calls herself a prophetess and to teach and to seduce my servants, to commit fornication and eat things sacrificed to, to, you know, to idols. What amazes me is 21. It says, I gave her space to repent of her fornication and she repented not. Time for repentance. 22 says, Behold, I will cast her into a bed and them that commit adultery with her into a great tribulation except they repent of their deeds. 23, And I will kill her children with death. Right? And all the churches shall know that I am he who settles the reins and the heart, and I will give unto each of you according to your works. Repentance is not a word that we use in contemporary Christianity, but I believe that at the very core of our work with God is the concept of repentance. Christians should repent. Because what happens as you walk with God is you then get to different levels and different stages and seasons and he calls you out on certain things. He says, oh, look, sweetheart, you know, I didn't want to tell you when you just got saved because, you know, there were lots of other things we needed to sort out. But this, your gossiping is too much. It's too much. The way you gossip is, is too much. It's, you can represent... Nigeria and the Olympics. And you, it's not becoming of a child of God. Sometimes he tells, you know, after a while he says, hey, Sam, I just want to say, come, Sam. The way your eye looks at women. Hmm. Calm down. It's in stages, right? And I don't know, I don't want to even know what conversation God is having with you. I know you've closed your ears so you won't hear. But we're praying for you. But, Repentance is something, how do I explain this? When we read 2 Corinthians, 2 Timothy 3.16 and talks about the, what the work of the word of God is, one of the things it says is correction. And so I keep on worrying. I said, God, if I don't feel like I have been corrected recently, then there's something, because even I know I'm not perfect. Repentance is meant to be part of our lifestyle as Christians. In fact, there are very few things. I think I put a, I've been arguing with some of my leaders. I put a note on my, in my office that repentance is the new sexy. And they said, ah, can you say sexy? But that is how we know sexy Christians are the ones that are repenting. <laughs> and you came to church, don't worry, just Relax. We are meant to be in a place where before God, where 
The Bible says all things are made manifest. Where we are, we can receive from him instruction. For some people, it's like him saying to you, look, you are too afraid. For some people, it's your, your dreams are too small. For some people, it's just, look, it's time for us to bear new fruit. So in John 15, he would say, look, any tree, anyone in me that does not bear fruit, says that gets removed. Help me ask the person next to you, have you repented? Are you repenting? Are you repenting? Are you repenting? Yeah? <laughs> he says here that I gave her space to repent. I gave her space to repent. And, and I, I must encourage us, guys, different time frames, different seasons of our life. You must never confuse God's mercy as permission. We must never confuse God's mercy as permission. We must constantly be sensitive to God's work in our life. I assure you that that's not the easiest thing to do. Because to be honest, it is easier to see what God is doing in the life of your neighbor than it is to see what he's doing in your life. I mean, I said it before. If you see a guy who lives next to you, right? Young guy like this. And then every evening, even on Sunday, different girls come to see him. Every evening. <laughs> you maybe is a little... Once a month, someone comes to see you. And even your pastor told you she shouldn't come. But even you know what God needs to do in that boy's life, right? Emmanuel, you know. You need to repent. Yeah, you know. So the Bible would say to take out the speck or the log in your eye first before you give attention to the speck in the eyes of other people. It is easier to know what I mean, some, some of you know what God is doing in my life and what God should do in P.I.s. You know it. P.I. talks too much. It talks, and then sometimes, sometimes I think P.I.s a bit arrogant. There's a way it talks. Sometimes we talk about London. Who hasn't gone to London? <laughs> and I think he, then he uses, he teases people to, ah, shade. P.I., God needs to work on that for him. Face your own life. <laughs> Face your life. I assure you, God wants to work on you. But because we are enamored with what he's doing with other people, and I'm, I love social media, but that is the challenge, is that it is not our life. It is the life of other people. Some of us are up to date. You know where everybody went last weekend, what they wore, who they are going out with. It's not your business. And I assure you, because the space that God should occupy in conversation with us has been occupied by somebody else. Who cares what Kim Kardashian drank last? I don't really care. It doesn't change my balance sheet. But we just, we fill our hearts with all sorts of useful or useless information. That So when God wants to now talk to us, there's no space. The hard drive is full. He's sending messages. Let me tell the person next to you, it's time to repent. It's time to repent. I don't know when the last time you heard it. And if you're offended, as the person is telling you, it's because it's time to repent. <laughs> the, as, it, as, it, as it continues the conversation with this church, um, it gets a bit 
tricky because he then says in verse 22, Behold, I will cast her onto a bed, and them that commit adultery with her will go into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. And this is not consistent with how we teach grace. Because when we teach the grace of God, we explain to people that nothing happens to you if you sin. A couple of days ago, I can't remember what I was pondering about, I said there is no theology that supports the practice of sin as a believer. There is no theology, there is nothing in scripture that supports, because the life that you are called to is a life where you are living out the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It doesn't mean you are perfect yet, but it means that even in your heart of hearts, you are not willfully looking for sin or occasion for sin. But it says here, it says, look guys, there are certain consequences. And just before you say, well, that doesn't sound right, when you read James chapter 1 and verse 15, the Bible says, and lost when it has conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin when it is finished. In this NKJV says, and when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin when it is fully grown, brings forth death. We must understand that the mercy of God, the grace of God is in abundance in our lives. But that anyone who continues willfully in sin puts themselves in a place where um, there might be consequences. And, and it's hard to say that again and explain to people that God loves us. Um, I explain further. Uh, because he's literally saying to these guys, look, if you don't change your behavior, I might punish you. I'm like, no, God doesn't punish. Well, I might discipline you. Let's help. You know. In fact, in verse 23 is the one when I read, I was like, that's a bit tough. I would kill her children with death. And I was like, well, well what else will you? <laughs> it's like, you know, sometimes, for some, sometimes, Discipline is an expression of God's mercy. If left unpunished or undisciplined, sin will persist and destroy the sinner. I remember one time seeing someone who was being elect well, someone who was being electrocuted, eh? and the person who essentially helps to save that person has to hit the person. In fact, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen someone been, you, you, you've never seen someone been electrocuted before. They cannot be casually dislocated from the event. You don't just go there and say, oh, come with me. <laughs> because even you too, then, you know, and you, the truth is that even, commun, even when they are in that place where the thing is shaking them, their hair is moving on, even you telling them, leave it. There's no leave it. They can't hear anymore. So what you do, you take something. If you can't, you know, shut off the power from the mains, you take a piece of, I think it's wood, and you hit the person hard and dislocate them from the connection with that which is about to destroy them. God does not love us always in the way that we want him to love us. Those of you who have children and will have children, you know that sometimes when you spank the children, it is in love. Other times you're just upset because Arsenal lost. Oh, you know, but hey. Huh? <laughs> All right, but, um, but he says 
And then he begins to speak about Jezebel. And I saw her very nicely, very kindly spoke about Jezebel. And he says that there is, I mean, Jezebel in 1 Kings chapter 18, 1 Kings chapter 19, she has a way of shutting the voice of the prophet. She kills them, she threatens them. And he says here to the church in Tyre that, look, there is something about what she's teaching and he mentions it. He calls it out, sexual immorality and then idol worship. That, and, and look guys, um, I, was, I think I was talking to someone, uh, a, couple, just a younger friend a couple of days ago and I said, it's interesting that one of the first times or one of the times I, I see Christians question scripture, theology, a walk with God is when it comes to questions about sex. Yeah, it's when you're under pressure. And I say, eh, I don't understand. Is it really? Where did God really say? No, let's call. Let's. let's what did God really say? <laughs> you know, it's when you've watched some TV. You watch the nagel has smiles. She hugged you extra in service. You know, everything is upside down. You say, well, I don't understand. Which, no, which scripture? Where did, follow, where did God really say all this? Uh, you say you cannot sleep with somebody. You know where it is. But <laughs> you're just hoping that. You, you just want, I said to her, I said, this is not, this is sex-infused theology. That you're not, you know exactly what, you, what the pressure is. Uh, sexual purity is one of the most defining characteristics of our consecration towards God. It is. It is. And, and interesting, like I saw her said, look, as church and as Christians, we must constantly before God um, find grace to one, acknowledge the truth of what God is calling us to as regards sex. Two, find grace to be honest about where we are. And I think... Lastly, take, find grace to refuse, to refuse to be under the bondage of sexual immorality. In fact, if there are any guys here who are, and I say this very carefully, dealing with any form of sexual addiction, uh, we're, we're starting a small group um, at the end of the week. We've been planning this for a bit. It just coincides. And this is for guys, right? And that's because that's the one I have grace for at the moment. Yeah? Um, and we're, we're looking for, about, we have a couple of people signed on already. Um, and it doesn't matter what it is. You know where you are. I don't, you know, you know what it is. Pornography, whatever it is. We'll start, so send me, send me, um, the ch send me a, Send me a text message. The chat number is 08. You have the chat number 080-9-10,078. Or you have my number. You can find PI's number. Send me a text. And say, PI, I want to join. I will join. We'll add you. All right? It's a secret group. A secret group. Yep. But how we deal with the issue of sex. And I think, to be honest, how we also as church discuss sex becomes an issue. So... One of the things we must do before the year runs out is one Sunday we must come. I think we, Kulishorin was here, but once in a while we need to talk about it. 
Because he says one of the things that Jezebel does in the church of Tyre is that she almost institutionalizes sexual immorality. That's a broad term. Verse 24, um, he says, But unto you I say and unto the rest in Tyre, as many as have not this doctrine. If I put up verse 24, uh, put it up... Uh, so there's one translation says, as many as, not, as have, do not have this doctrine, who have not known the depths of Satan, as they say. I think if you check the NIV or the KJV, uh, it says, it renders it as who have not known or who do not have this doctrine, which they call the deep things of Satan. And, and that was interesting for me because, you know, sometimes people, you know, we look for enlightenment. We call it is a deep you say you don't understand you know so when you meet people who are telling you look you don't really understand this thing is complex that when god created us you know when it started because that's the same pitch that the devil gives to eve at the beginning it says did god tell you ah it says eve you don't understand it says when you taste this thing this 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 it says your eye it says god doesn't want you to be wise it's all this empire that telling you no sex before my baba Pia is married 15 years. That is 15 years of sex. And he has the boldness, effrontery, to come and tell you no sex. <laughs> yeah. hmm. It says, I will put on you no further burden. It says, but this which you have already, hold on to. Um, there's a portion I'm looking for. Yeah, 23. It says, um, And to all the churches shall know that I'm he who searches the reins and hearts, and I will give unto you according to each of you according to your works. Just to say that what God calls us to, I am he who searches heart and mind. What he calls us to really starts in our hearts and in our minds. What God is calling us to is not just about the things that people see on the outside about the things and the rules that men make for us. I mean, rules are important. Boundaries are important. But it's what is happening within our hearts. Uh, that is one place that God wants to work in. Um, may I say this, and I think just the last thing on sexual immorality, is that uh, you must be extremely careful with yourself. You must be careful about music as a Christian. You must be careful about movies as a Christian. I walked into the cinema a bit ill-advisedly, I think, the other day um, to watch a movie which, from the title of the movie, I should have known. But I thought I'd watch the preview and I thought, eh, eh, not too bad. Ah, look, not, eh. I mean, if you call it movie strippers, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so... Uh, I don't think, I don't know how many minutes I lasted, like 10 minutes. And I think because this was going, I was like, my God, and I paid for this. <laughs> I, said, I said, well, yeah, I think then I just carried myself and I was walking out. I couldn't ask for a refund. But I didn't walk out just because a church member might see me. I said, I don't know, P.I. watching strippers. That's not it. I walked out for myself. I didn't, honestly, I walked out for my self preservation. And someone said, but I saw that film. That film is just okay. It's all right. Um, <laughs> and that is my point exactly. If you are at the point where nudity no longer affects you, 
um, sex sins no longer have. Not you, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, the Bible speaks about people who have gotten to a place where their hearts have said, what I, when we're, you know, you guys live in Lekki, so you don't understand how, what that means. But if you were younger and, and they gave you lots of hot food, um, you, you would meet people who they would eat hot eba, it used to be, as if it was, as if they're just putting cotton wool in their mouth, you just, you know, and, you know it's like, just, <laughs> even you'll be, you know, if you're eating with them, you're like, is it not hot, hot, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but you watch what you watch, even comedy, because in the moments of humor and laughter, our hearts are open. I don't, I don't listen to music that has explicit lyrics. I can't. And this has nothing to do because I'm a pastor. I just can't. So I would, I would put it off. Because I need to protect myself. Because desires are fueled. Because desires. So when he says to this church, he says to them, look, guys, understand that there is a source. Um, Jezebel right? Jay-Z Bell. Uh, yeah? No, 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 don't go there. Please, I heard that tweet. My pastor said, I beg you in God's name, please, we're all here. We're all here. Jay-Z Bell, uh, <laughs> please, no, 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 I don't, please, that guy's a good guy. All right, it's my guy. <laughs> um, and no, no, please, that's just my mischievous mind moving in ways that are unconnected with the message. Uh, Jezebel is the source and it's interesting what I saw her said, how there's a reason why we respect her. There's a reason why we respect her. He says that those who overcome and keep my words, my works till the end, them I will give power over nations. They will rule with a rod of iron as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken and shivers and even as I've received of my father. And he speaks about realms of authority that belong to an overcoming church. Guys, I, and I was saying to a friend earlier today, that Christians are surprised when they face challenges. They're like, my God, look at the battle, Why? But in all the letters to all the churches, he says to him that overcomes. You don't overcome a fly. A fly is a small flying thing. You just swat it away. Yeah, you don't overcome a fly. You can't hit a fly and say, oh my God, I overcame that fly. That's not overcoming. If you're a lady, you might overcome a cockroach. You know? But really, you shouldn't overcome it. A cockroach is just a moving thing, insect friendly. That's right. A dog, for some people, you might have to overcome, right? A lion, yes. <laughs> Your mate was David. David killed a lion with his hands. Come on. As Christians, we are surprised. But the Christian faith is a battle. It's not a... So, we, so when things are happening, they're like, my God, there's just stuff on this side and there's stuff on this side. I'm like, how? Oh, what did I do? You did nothing wrong. It is the, this is the call. I was saying to my friend earlier today, how? But it's oftentimes like the Israelites. 
they had been in that place of we're slaves. Moses shows up. God wants to deliver us. And then we go through, he will deliver us, will he deliver us? He will deliver us nine times, different plagues. Then the night, the tenth one, it comes, they break through. Imagine what they are singing as they are walking out. God has done it for us. Give us your gold. Give us your silver. And at that point, I suspect they think that is it. We're done. We're free people. And then they start getting text messages, tweets. Egypt, Egyptian army on the way. <laughs> and people are shouting from the front, who can swim? Red, red, say, who can swim? Can you swim? So imagine what they are telling Moses. He said, Moses, either you are a liar or God is a liar. But what, and they're asking him, so why are we here? Why? And that's what they say. They say, we should just have stayed in Egypt. At least we knew our level. We we're slaves. Or they get into the wilderness and then you say, God said he called us and then we don't have food. No, it's not possible. God said he called me and then here I am, about to turn 30. No husband. That's not possible. No job. It's not possible. Something is wrong. And, then that, and, and so for us as Christians, you must understand that there is a battle here. And the truth is that the thing, what is being fought over, is not your marriage. It's not your gold. It's not your silver. It's not, my surprise, it's not even your health. It's that you holding on to God, holding on to your confession of Jesus as Lord and Savior. I think it's in Peter, first, first or second Peter, where he talks about your faith tested as far as it says, which is more precious than gold. And so if I ask us what our most precious, <laughs> our most precious possessions are, it is rare that we would immediately call our faith. You would say, oh, my Rolex, my G-Wagon with red letters, it's my this, oh, my love, my girlfriend. Tonight, I'm going to wrap this all up and just say, look, it is the habit of a Christian who is growing to repent. Not because they are consistently doing wrong, but because as we walk with God, He shows us the things we have to change. And not be, so, so it is like when you are learning a new language, right? Um, interestingly, the gentleman who was here on Sunday from Burundi, he said to me after service, he said, I had to learn English all by myself. No schools, says nobody taught me. He says, four years ago, I could speak no English. Just to shame all of us here. Because <laughs> you, some of us, the only language we know is this English. Even that one, we're now spoiling it with all these abbreviations. Go and learn a new language. You're not too old. But it's like learning a new language. In fact, most of us don't want to learn a new language because we are afraid of being corrected. Or repentance is, a, is at the very core of those who would grow as Christians. I remember trying to learn how to play tennis uh, four or five years ago, and it was not very comfortable because you would dress up like everybody else and you would see people doing things, hitting the ball, jumping, sweating. And I wanted to do that. And then adult like me, the guy when I say, hey, take, stand like this. In fact, to be honest, they would start you out by jogging. I'm like, what, what is that? That's embarrassing. That's what the children are, but you know, you do it. Then he would now say, 
be hopping. <laughs> you don't know me. I'm a pastor where I come from. <laughs> I have children, you know. He said, be hopping. Do like this. And you'll be doing this. And you see your friend who waved. Oh, how are you just learning. He said, I'm learning. Oh, very embarrassing. And then, you know, you think, I've watched Wimbledon. I've watched US Open. What is there not to hit the ball? Then you take it. The guy say, no, sir. You will do it. Like, you, you just keep on. It wasn't the most comfortable. It was not comfortable being coached. And I sense that God, as he speaks to this church in Thyatira, he's saying to us also, one of the reasons we're not coming to a place of repentance is because we've settled in our walk with him. We've decided that this is, the, this is where it is. This is where it is. But would we let his word, would we beyond just the performance of our faith, thus being Christians, good work, all that stuff, would we also let God cause us to grow? One of the biggest prayers I have over my life is that I would grow as a Christian every year. It's one of the biggest prayers I have over my life. That I would grow, not grow as a, not grow in my reputation as a minister. No. That I would grow as a Christian every year. Not that I will be more famous as a teacher. Not that I will have more followers on Instagram. If you don't follow me, please follow me. <laughs> don't, I don't really, I post once in a quarter by force. Um, no, but it's that I would grow. And I find that that, it's, it, Paul, Paul, Paul captures it um, beautifully. He says, he says, we do not behave like we've already arrived. He says, we don't treat ourselves like we're already perfect. And I think that's, is sometimes the challenge for us that when you know when you're with God when God is talking to you that you are bold enough before God to say Father show me what I need to work on I've been I've been repenting recently oh I'm not I'm and I'm not proud of the things that God shows me over time. In fact, in a place he says, those I love, I chastise. And, I, and I, I think, I hope we hear it. You should have an, Falabi, um, let's sing one song, so you know, if you don't get up, you'll be talking. Uh, we should have one or two friends, of course, who we're comfortable enough with to talk about how God is working with us. Because the truth is the way we've built this thing up is that when you show up, with your friends, you want to impress them. Oh, I was just praying yesterday and God just showed me the map of Sudan. And I just started interceding. I prayed for three hours, two hours in tongue straight, one hour, uh, 45 minutes in prophetic utterance, and the last uh, 30 minutes in uh, prophetic praise. <laughs> and when they finished, is it that me? I'm not saying, oh, well. Um, God is causing me to repent of anger. No, you don't look for your own. Oh, me, I just up all night praising God because I believe I'm getting into new depths in worship. As a fact, I was now singing worship songs of angels, you know. And that's fine, but I'm saying that God is the one who is not really impressed by your CV as a Christian. Oh, by the way, he's also not impressed by your mystics as a Christian. Let's pray tonight. Uh, if we have a song um, to worship him a bit. And as we worship him, look, let him have conversations with you tonight. Let him have, 
conversations with us, church. Let us be a church that God is so deeply in pleased with. One, a church that allows God to love them. Yeah, yeah that is it. A church that allows God to love them. A church that says, God, give us what, we, what you want to give us. But Lord, also give us the things that we do not even know that we need. Lord, tell us the things that we want to hear. And Lord, also tell us the things that we do not even yet know that we need to hear. Lord, let me not be consumed by a sense that I am perfect, I have arrived, or have to put up a front for other people. Lord, by your Spirit, take me into a new place. Let me look back and like Paul say, that when I was a child, I did this. But as I have grown, I have put aside childish things. Lord, show me childish things that I need to put aside. Let's pray tonight. I will never be, never be satisfied. So here I am, fill me up with your breath. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG. 